Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Real Heroes of E-Commerce podcast. These days in marketing, everyone seems to be talking about the customers, but not everyone is talking to the customers. They are the people who matter most. They are the real heroes of e-commerce. In this podcast, we flip the script and sit down with regular people to talk about shopping online and marketing and everything that goes in between. I hope you gain insight from this and ideas to inspire your own marketing mix. In this episode, I sit down with Lindsay. She is from a small town outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we talk about the role of e-commerce and its importance in small towns like hers. Okay, let's get into her story. Good morning and welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, Lindsay, can you just let us know a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm from a small town called Skytook, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Um, We have about 8,000 people that live here. Um, I used to write the newspaper here, so I'm pretty um, involved with the community. Um, But now I'm a small business owner. Um, My company is Find the Right Way. And I do writing and marketing services. Um, we live on a small little four acre um, ranch or farm. I'm not sure, <laughs> but we don't have a garden yet, but we have animals. Um, my husband and I met later in life. So we kind of Brady bunched it and we've got four kids from 12 to 17, mm-hmm. uh, four dogs, one cat, 11 chickens and 14 ducks, one of whom is blind. That that's a big house. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. Very nice. So you said you do um, writing. Yes. What, what type of writing do you do for companies? Um, I do all kinds of writing. I do um, B2B, B2C. I write press releases. Um, I write books for people, mm-hmm. uh, website content, uh, poetry. <laughs> so um basically if you need something in the english language i can write or edit it for you very good <clears throat> all right so i wanted to talk to you because you being from a small town you know e-commerce has plays a kind of a different role in your life as someone as opposed to someone who lives around a lot of retail stores yes it does so tell me a little bit about just your shopping habits you know, offline and online, you know, being in, how do I say it? Skiatook? Skiatook. Skiatook. Okay. Yes. Um, it's Native American. Okay. Um, so uh, Oklahoma and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that the pandemic did change my shopping habits quite a bit. Um, it used to be that we would go to, to town, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> um, you know, it's kind of cliche, um, but we would head to uh, Tulsa to do a lot of our shopping because the only places that we really have to shop here in town is a Walmart, which is not a super Walmart. Okay. Was the one in the uh, neighborhood Walmart? Um, no, it's a regular Walmart, but it's the older Walmarts that you used to see that just have um, kind of a small grocery store. Mm-hmm. And we've got all the things. It's just not, it's not huge. Right. Uh, we have a tractor supply um, and we have an Ace Hardware. <laughs> so um, you're really kind of limited in your choices. And the closest place to shop is about a 30 minute drive. Um, which is a suburb. And then Tulsa is about a 45 minute drive. So, you know, we would plan 
a once a month trip to town. Oh. Um, the pandemic really kind of changed that because while we were doing some shopping online, um, we really moved a lot to shopping online um, with the pandemic. So now most of our clothes we order online. Mm-hmm. Um, we get HelloFresh online for a lot of our food um, because being with just the one Walmart, we don't have a bunch of stores that we can go to if if our Walmart's out of something. Okay. You know, we don't have another store that we can go to that's close by. So um, do a lot of other families in the area also use, you know, meal services like that? Uh, yes. I've seen the Swanson truck in our neighborhood mm-hmm. quite a bit or yeah, Swanson, Schwan. Whatever what, what it is. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what it is, but yeah, a lot of families have um, started using meal service plans. Mm-hmm. Here, simply because like, um, just to give you an example, I went to Walmart the other day and there was no Parmesan cheese, mm-hmm. none, you know, it's, you, you don't generally think a store is going to run out of Parmesan cheese, but right. you know, that's kind of what happens. And, um, the vegetables and fruit selection that we've been getting has just, you know, not been very high quality. And so a lot of the people that I know have, you know, switched to getting various meal services. Um, the guy that comes to service my uh, saltwater fish tank mm-hmm. just started getting meal services as well. So um, it, it's become very popular. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, one thing with a small town is that um, while in a larger town, you know, you have students that maybe do one activity our students participate in a lot of activities because there are not students to fill those places, you know, or different sports. Yeah. Um, sports, you know, my kids are in band and choir, um, you know, your star football players, probably also your star basketball player and your star baseball player. So a lot of families around here are really, really busy. Mm-hmm. So meal service plans have become really popular because it's, it, it's easy. It's there. Um, you know, that go into other categories. <clears throat> I mean, if you're involved in sports all the time, it probably takes away a lot of time on the weekends to go to town. Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, it really does. Um, you know, one thing that's, that's really interesting is we have a town Facebook group and when groups are traveling, sometimes people will post, you know, like, Hey, we're going to be in Texas for a tournament this weekend. Does anybody need anything from Bucky's or, <laughs> you know, things like that. But, um, the, uh, there is never a time when you will be out driving around town that you don't see the UPS truck, the FedEx truck and the Amazon truck. just to go to, you know, just to go get gas or, or drive through town. So, um, it's online shopping is really big here because we, we lack the resources to get many of those things locally. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about like direct to consumer brands, um, not as much on like the grocery side and everyday essentials, but like other types of brands that you're not able to to discover being in a small town or even going to like a suburb. Um, how do you discover new brands? 
Um, there, there's actually several ways that I do. Um, I watch YouTube videos for things that I'm interested in. Uh, for example, uh, makeup is one thing that I strictly almost always order from brands that I would never find in a store. Mm -hmm. um, and most of that is because I've watched YouTube videos with reviews and things like that. Um, my husband does a lot of outdoor work and he watches a lot of YouTube videos uh, for product suggestions and uh, things that he needs. Um, you know, I also do a lot of reading online. I've found products on Twitter. Um, I have found products on Medium. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I do a lot of content consumption. Mm -hmm. And so those product recommendations that come from um, other consumers is usually the thing that drives me to check out a new brand or purchase from a new brand that I hadn't heard of before. Okay. Um, <clears throat> you know, being in marketing myself, I know a lot of times advertisers you know, they'll target like larger cities um, and they don't target like for their, you know, cold ads, I guess you could call it. Um, they're not targeting like the smaller and rural areas. So have you found that you're not able to get exposed to as many brands? I would think that if I wasn't also in the marketing space and I didn't choose to consume content that mm -hmm. gave me that kind of exposure, that I would have a very difficult time. Um, you know, I... Uh, get a lot of questions from people in the community when I do have something new that they haven't seen before. Where did you get that? Um, you know, what is that? What do you recommend? Um, because we don't have that kind of ad exposure. And especially, I think, with the number of people who've gotten rid of cable. Yes. Um, that's, yeah. that's pretty big in this town. We're not exposed to ads from, say, Tulsa. Or, or anything like that. And even um, the newspapers around here, the advertising is all focused mainly on the larger cities mm -hmm. and not anything you know here locally and not anything national. Right. Interesting. So how would, <clears throat> you, know, you know, some D2C brands out there are probably gonna listen to this. Um, how is it best for them to reach you? Really, the best thing is by word of mouth, um, that user-generated content that you mm -hmm. can ask people to do. Don't just reach out to people in large cities. Reach out to people in smaller communities because mm -hmm. we don't have that kind of exposure. And we are always looking for new products. We're always looking for things that will make our life easier, things that we don't have access to. Um, you know, I can, I can go to Walmart and I can buy, you know, a $4 t-shirt, but that's not what I want to wear every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but, but where do I find clothing alternatives, mm -hmm. you know, other than going into town and going to the mall? Right. You know, I'm not exposed to those types of things. So by reaching out to your customers that live in smaller communities and asking them to uh, write a review, you know, that you could then 
you know, share or asking them, you know, if there's any way that you could reward them in some way to post on a community site or, you know, post on their blog through a gift card um, or, you know, some type of compensation, usually user generated content, not very expensive. (laughs) You know, if, if, uh, you know, it's done right. (laughs) Yeah. If it's done right. You know, if Maurice's, um, which is a clothing company that I ordered from all the time, if they called me up and they're like, Hey, we'll give you a $10 gift card. If you'll share your experience with our brand, you know, on your community website, I'd be like done. (laughs) I mean, that's 8,000 people for $10. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But the, the thing with these smaller communities is that's what we rely on is we rely on word of mouth. And so that's the best way that you're going to extend your reach into these smaller communities. Very interesting. So before uh, we recorded, I did look you up on LinkedIn and it's, you had an interesting post that I wanted to ask you about. Okay. Um, I guess it was a month ago. It was your birthday. And you said that a couple of people said happy birthday, but then a couple other companies tried to sell you something and mm-hmm. like without even treating you like a person. Exactly. Can you tell me about that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, there's this whole social media phenomenon around birthdays now mm-hmm. to where when you have one, you get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of messages on Facebook, right? right? And people are constantly telling you happy birthday. And you look and you're like, I don't, I don't even know who that person is, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And um, one thing that really amazed me was I started getting my inbox just flooded with emails that, you know, from companies I've never heard of, um, you know, like my dentist sent me an email and said, happy birthday. Don't forget to schedule your cleaning. Right. That one, I, <laughs> I understand, you know, that's, that's my dentist. I've already used their services, but I would say I got over a hundred emails in the course of that week, um, from brands that I had never heard of that just said, happy birthday, buy our stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you think those, of, your name was like on a purchase list to those companies? Yeah, I, that's what I'm assuming is that it was on some sort of purchase list. Since I'm in marketing, my emails on who knows how many, <laughs> lists, right? But there was no real personalization. There was no um, offer, you know, for most of those, like, Hey, it's your birthday. We would love to give you 10% off, you know, to try our products or anything that even related to my birthday. Um, you know, one of the ones that I got was, um, for a lawnmower. Okay. You know, like, um, that is not very good marketing, when hey, I go do some lawn work. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's not considering your audience very well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're going to send out emails to someone on their birthday, it needs to be personalized. It needs to have some sort of relation to their birthday and it needs to have some sort of offer. Mm-hmm. Um, the only one that I actually of all those emails that I looked at was one for a bath and body company because they sent me an email, it had my name on it. 
you know, said, hello, Lindsay. Um, you know, it had a paragraph about how, um, you know, they were glad that I was celebrating my birthday, that this was a really great time to take a day off, pamper myself, you know, it really had something related to a celebration. Mm -hmm. And then it offered me 10% off plus a small free gift. Um, if I ordered, you know, within this time frame. Um, and I did not end up ordering anything because the products were a little bit outside of my price range, but that email did get me to click through and go look at their website. And what was, what was the name of the company? Um, oh my gosh. You know, I don't remember because that was about a month ago. Um, but it was a luxury sort of, um, bath and body brand. Gosh, I don't remember. But I do remember that the, you know, the email was personalized. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it wasn't the, um, the, the one that I got from, oh my gosh, the lawnmower brand that starts with an H, Husqvarna, um, oh. <laughs> that said, you know, happy birthday by a lawnmower. <laughs> it's spring, <laughs> you know, <laughs> wrong targeting, you know. Right targeting a lawnmower in spring, great idea. But is your target audience, you know, a 45 year old female? Mm -hmm. Right. You're I wasting mean, your marketing dollars. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right. So just a final question. What advice would you give brands um, to create a better like online shopping experience? To create a better online shopping experience, your website needs to be very easy to navigate. Um, if I go to a website and there's no search bar, I'm probably going to leave mm -hmm. um, because I don't want to scroll through 500 posts of products to find a product that I'm looking for. Have really great photos. Mm -hmm. That's a really big one for, you know, especially for those of us who live in small communities who are utilizing e-commerce for things that normally people like to try on or test out or see in person, we're relying on those photos to help us make a decision. Mm -hmm. Descriptions, super important. You know, if, if your product description doesn't answer all of my questions, I'm probably going to move on. I'm not going to take the time to reach out and say, you know, hey, you know, I was thinking about buying this light fixture, which is something that I just bought last week. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, I was thinking about buying your light fixture, but it doesn't say what kind of light bulbs that it takes. You know, does it take a regular light bulb? Is this a funky size light bulb? You know, am I going to be able to find those at Walmart or do I, do I also need to order light bulbs? Right. When I order this, you know, if, if you're not providing that kind of information to people shopping online, they may skip over your product because it takes too much effort to find the answers that they need when, you know, company B over here has provided that information mm -hmm. and they may be selling the exact same product. True. As a, as a writer, how do you think most websites do on their descriptions and copywriting on their product pages? Like on a scale of one to 10. 
four. It's <laughs> pretty low. <laughs> um, I know, I know that's a little harsh, but I'm also lumping in Amazon um, okay. into this. I think if I go to um, Home Depot, which is where I ended up buying the light fixture um, that I purchased, if I go to Home Depot, their product descriptions are great. They have really great stats. I know that I'm going to be able to fully understand the product before I buy it. Mm -hmm. They also have great photos and often a video. Um, if you go to smaller companies, um, a lot of times they don't have all the information that they need included. Their product descriptions are more focused on sales than information. Okay. You're going to sell your product if you provide enough information. I don't need you to tell me that it's wonderful, fantastic, perfect. You know, I don't need seven different descriptors um, to try to get me to buy the product. You know, tell me what the benefits of the product are. Tell me how it's going to enhance my experience. Um, you know, in the case of the light fixture that I just bought, one thing that I really appreciated that Home Depot did was it told me the lumens that the light fixture was going to provide. And then I was able to go look that up and see, yes, that's going to be absolutely fantastic for my dining room since I can't see in there at all. Right. You know, whereas a smaller company that I looked at for a light fixture, um, they didn't have what size light bulbs that it took. Um, they didn't have any information about whether you could raise or lower the length of it. Um, you know, that sort of information was missing and they were really focused just on sales language. Right. And then when you go to places like Amazon, a lot of times the product descriptions are not even clear as to, um, what pieces that you're getting, the photos have images, not just of the product, but of other items. And then you order it and you're not getting those other items, you know, which is confusing. Um, if you're selling a product and I need something else to go with it, make that very, very clear and understandable. People don't have a problem buying add-ons to a product if they know about it. What makes them frustrated is when they get it home and they're like, oh, you know, I didn't realize that I needed, you know, this strange kind of light bulb, <laughs> you know, um, I didn't know that, you know, if I'm going to install a ceiling fan where a light fixture used to be, I'm going to need a ceiling fan junction box. Um, you know, being very clear about those things. Anything that you can do to help the consumer make an informed decision will help sell your product without being salesy, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's perfect. And that is all for today's show. Thanks again to Lindsay for joining us. If you are looking for a writer, you can find a link to her website in the show write-up. And if you want to learn more about the customer insights work that we do at Elevated, visit elevated-commerce.com or connect with me on LinkedIn. Have a great day.